On the tee from the United States of America, the Back Nine Bros, starting in three, two, one. All right, what's up, everybody? It's another week here on the Back Nine Bros podcast. Uh, we only got me and Drewby tonight, unfortunately. Haven't heard from Saul. Not sure where he could be. Might be a little MIA at the moment. And uh, our very own Mr. Bo is currently playing an event in Pittsburgh inside the top 10 in contention right now. So you just got us two tonight. Uh, sorry for the disappointment, but we'll uh, try and give you a good segment tonight. Uh, wrapping up Arbor Town yesterday it was uh i was not there for the final round but i'll tell you what it was a great week i definitely will make another appearance there uh hopefully next year i'll uh, be able to head back down there because it was it was everything i was hoping for it was it was awesome maybe a little too too crowded on the weekend but um it, it was great um what do you what do you think drewby jeff fun watching it on tv yeah i had fun watching it i uh really enjoyed that playoff some people were angry in the golf world of the fact that when Fitzpatrick would miss a putt fans would chant USA as if it was the Ryder Cup that seemed to offend some people didn't bother me I think golf needs more of that we need more excitement we need to change in order to grow the game interesting fact I'm sure you heard it on the TV broadcast those of you listening Fitzpatrick's nine iron that he hit on 18 was also the same nine iron that he hit to win the U S open. So I guess it's a lucky nine iron it was an absurd golf shot to win a tournament. I like Jim Nance when it was five feet away, thought it was going in. I mean, it was right online. Um, it doesn't surprise me. And I'm, I'm happy for Matt Fitzpatrick to finally get a regular PGA tour win besides that U S open. Cause I feel like some people were still defining him by that one major. And they're like, Oh, he just had that major. He got hot for one week. But no, he's a really good player and he deserves all the attention he's getting. The guy is obsessed with golf. Interesting stat that I found on Data Golf. Statistically, every year he's improved his total stroke gains. Total, total stroke gain, excuse me. Incrementally every year, other than one year where he was like 0.5 lower. But it's incredible to see that he has improved every aspect of his game in little, little forms every year. Add that with him adding distance with the speed training he's been doing. I mean, the putting that this guy already has, the ball striker that he is, he could he could turn into he could turn into a dominant force like Roman Scheffler. I would not be surprised if this win really gets him going if the major already didn't do that. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I mean, look, for those to categorize him as not an you know almost elite player. And just saying that that major was like a fluke and he got hot for one week. I mean, it's totally just ridiculous. I mean, he was a dominant player on the Euro tour and, you know, he's, he's, he's one of those guys who's just a lock top 10 automatic um, on the PGA tour and has been for a few years now. And, you know, now he's about 27 years old. So he's, you know, finally breaking through with that first non-major victory out on the PGA tour. And look, I couldn't be more happy for him. I think he's going to, be a, a absolute lethal threat um the rest of the season and years to come i mean he he very well could be inside the top three in the world um to, by the end of the season um would not surprise me at all he is like you said ruby he loves the game and that's what that's what it's all about i mean he really does it because he loves the game nothing to do with the money nothing to do with anything like the cloud or anything he, he just loves to play golf i mean the, the story they mentioned with him going to hilton head as a kid 
and, you know, dreaming of playing here and now being able to win there in this fashion. I mean, it was just unbelievable to witness. So I am, I'm very happy for him. Um, think he's a class act on tour and you know definitely someone who is going to be um a, a big big player to watch in the next just 15 years i mean till he retires pretty much so i think also besides the point that he won i think it's safe to say that jordan spieth is back and well i mean his putting looks absurd but it's working and it's safe to say that jordan spieth is finally Overall, his putting doubts and overall his swing changes, and it's safe to say that he's back. Um, it was it was interesting. It was probably the first time that I've watched Jordan Spieth. Where I wouldn't say I was rooting against him, but I wasn't rooting for him, just because in the sense that Fitzpatrick, like I don't know if it was the fans that got to me, the fact that everyone was rooting against him. I, I just always thought that Fitz was just a great guy, and I thought he really deserved it. And kind of like it propels his career more in a way than it would have Spieth, the way I feel like that, especially because Spieth's been playing better golf as of late. I wanted to touch on one thing besides the um, besides the finish, the great finish, probably the best playoff that we've had all year so far. But how do you feel, and I guess you could probably speak to this on the viewpoint of someone who was at the event, how do you feel that the the event was elevated the week after the Masters? Do you think that should be a thing? Do you think that it shouldn't? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm a, I'm de- I'm going to answer that question. Um, but I just want to add on to what you were saying before about how you weren't totally, you know, you weren't rooting against Jordan, but you weren't rooting for him. Um, so I watched on Saturday. I watched Jordan Spieth's whole round because I was with my buddy, who's a big Patton Kazire fan. So we we saw that whole round, and you know, it was just. I will never watch a top name player's full round again, unless I absolutely have to. Um, It really was just not a great experience. I mean, you couldn't, you're better off watching on TV and, you know, for someone like Patton Kazire, who obviously, you know, no, not many, as many people know him like Jordan Spieth. um, It's just, you know, I feel like he should still be given the same respect as any other golfer in that tournament. I mean, you don't, I'm not saying you have to want him to win, but I'm just saying, Give him the respect. He hits a, a great shot. Clap for him. I mean, you don't. And a lot of people are talking while he's hitting, like "Let's go Jordan" while he's hitting. I mean, it's it's just it's getting a little ridiculous. I even heard a few "Let's go Tiger" chants in that group. Uh, I was it was just out of hand. It felt like, you know, it almost felt like a, a college football game day in a way on that during that week on that Saturday. So, look, I wasn't rooting against Spieth, but I wasn't rooting for for him in the same way like you said. Um, you know, I was very happy Fitz won. I think I think it was good for the game that he did. I think it was great for him and you know and Billy Foster as well. Um, so yeah. Um Jordan Spieth, though, I think he is, I wouldn't say he's fully back and is gonna be like the full dominant force he was in 2015, 2016. But yes, he is definitely trending in the right direction where he needs to be to get there. Um, I just don't know if he's gonna be that full dominant force like he was. And um, to answer your question about the elevated field, look, I mean, yeah, I was, I don't, I don't think it was a smart move by them. I think they should have had a one week in between, um, you know, I mean, cause it's, it, it, the masters wears a lot of guys, it wears, it wears on guys, you know, I mean, I think, and that's why we saw some rust from Scheffler, Rom, 
and some other names it because because it is wearing um you know it's it's a lot of tearing your bodies i mean like we said last week the augusta is one of the hard most difficult courses to walk on the pga tour and it's you know and and all the hype and everything so it's i don't know i mean i, I understand why they did it because they didn't want it they want the heritage and the masters to be um consecutive like it always has been um it hasn't been in this order usually i think the um rbc is before the week before i believe um but you know they wanted to keep that and i guess they wanted this they felt like this event was a good event and they wanted it to be you know they wanted all the top dogs to be a part of it so i mean look i'm not for it or against it um but what about you i think looking back on it now i a little off topic i'll get back to that question but looking back on it now I should have taken like when we do our picks or like if even if I'm throwing money on it, you could have bet that like the grinders were going to be up there. Jordan Spieth, absolute grinder, loves the game, never takes any days off. Matt Fitzpatrick, obsessed with the game of golf, journals every shot he takes and all that stuff. So I wasn't surprised when I saw two grinders in a playoff to win the tournament. Also, like, yeah, I think that it's a great golf course and it deserves the attention that it got. But it's the week after a major championship. These guys, they play for major championships. They want to win major championships. So you, you have to at least like give your players a break and give them a week off and then do an elevated event, which is why we saw Rory do that. And $3 million doesn't mean anything to him. So he's willing to take the penalty. And yeah, but what was interesting about it though, if I look at the positives of it, is the fact that it proved to me how dominant Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm are. Okay. Both finished in the top 15. John Rahm like made a absurd, absurdly terrible double one day that kind of derailed, derailed his chances. I think it was in the third round, but it just proves how good they are. Like Rahm goes out there, finishes top 15 casual, doesn't have his best stuff. He's obviously tired. He's probably didn't get much sleep after winning the masters. Scotty finishes top 15 also, maybe even top 10. I think he was T9 or other way around. Anyway, Scotty can't putt. I mean, Scotty's putter has is so cold. He's missing all these 10-footers. Imagine if Scotty could putt, he'd be up there. So it just proves how good of a ball striker he is, how good of a player Rom is. And just, in a way, it's it's fun for fans to see that. But as a player, if I was one of them, I would not want to be there. Yeah, very understandable. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely... Um, admire Rombo for for showing up I mean I think that was a classy move by him because you know he said a lot of people were looking forward to come see me play you know they were they've had this event marked down in their calendar for a long time and um, you know they were expecting Rombo to make the trip down so look he didn't want to he didn't want to bail and pull a Rory I guess we'll call it I will say also that this um this win for John Rahm is really changing a lot of people's viewpoint on him. Early in his career, he was, he's always been an angry player. I mean, anyone's angry when they hit a bad golf shot, but he'd show his emotions much more. You know, he'd be like the angry guy that everyone's like, oh my God, this guy needs to control his temper. I think this win is doing a lot for him. Not only this win, but I'm unsure. You probably didn't get to see it because you were there at the tournament, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners got to see it. John Rahm commentated for about almost 30 minutes, I want to say, on Saturday in the CBS coverage. And let me tell you, 
like usually players go on there and they're like afraid to speak and like they don't want to say much. He was great. I mean, for a guy, especially English is his second language, just the way he speaks and just the way he talks golf, it was fabulous. And I certainly gained a lot more of a liking for him after listening to that. It was cool too, because he was, he was broadcasting. He was speaking while, um, can't lay i'm unsure if you saw it was like 12 whatever that part three is on the back nine when he hit his pitch from left to the green and it rolls and it's get it gets wedged in between the the boards of the the water and rom's like it's funny because rom's like i wouldn't hit that if you hit that it's going to go back in the water and then like sure enough can't lay hits it and he hits a great shot and he saves a bogey and rom is it was funny it was just a funny moment because rom's like i wouldn't have done that so it was cool to hear and I hope he broadcasts after he's done with his career. I really gained a lot of respect for him. Really like him as a person and a golfer. Yeah. Like we said last week, he's definitely matured um, as a person and a player. You know, we, we have, he lost that temper of his and, you know, he's definitely gaining a lot of respect through the whole golf community. Um, you know, I think having a child definitely changed his viewpoint on everything. You know, it probably, it definitely improved his golf, I'd say. Um and just, you know, his whole viewpoint of life and just going about things, he's, you know, definitely become, um, how old is he now? 26, 27. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he's getting to that age where he's, you know, right in the heart of his career. So, look, it's, we see it in all the guys, Rory and um, guys like that. So, it's it's just one of those things where um, he's, um, a lot of people are gaining more, more and more respect towards yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think he's just, he's become a great face for golf and a great face for the PGA Tour. Um, I'm sure if you want to move on, but I wanted to take a quick second to talk Corn Ferry. Huge win on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's going to go unnoticed because it's the Corn Ferry Tour and it wasn't even broadcasted on TV. I had to live stream watch it on Twitter, which is an absolute embarrassment for the game of golf. Golf Channel do better. But, um, Special Levine, <laughs> legend of the game. If you don't know who he is, look him up. Got some of the, the best videos, kicking his hat, getting angry, chain smoker on the golf course. He's just a legend of the game. Got his, got his what, first win. It's been like 15 years on the Corn Ferry Tour, and it's just, he putts like Happy Gilmore. He's just, he's just everything you want to root for in a golfer, and he's just really happy for him. Been seeing his name ever since I was little and I watched golf on CBS because he had those great few years on the PGA tour and hoping he gets back out there. Just great story. And it's stories like that that make you love golf. Like, yes, it's nice that Fitzpatrick won, but like even following along on like Monday qualifiers and stuff, there's just so many cool stories out there in golf. And I wish that that was at least televised. I don't know what the hell happened. dude. Didn't corn Ferry tour golf used to be televised. No. Yes, it did. I had, they, I mean, they had like select events and they always do the qualifying. That's it. I've seen plenty of final round corn fairy events. I feel like it's less than normal. I don't know what the hell's going on, but like you want to grow the game of golf then like show the grinders, show the guys that are working to make it. I, I agree. But no, the problem is they're not going to get the attention. I mean, they're just not going to get um, the viewers that, you know, they want. It's, you know, I mean, who I we would watch it for sure, you know, but like people are going to be like, all right, do I need to turn on the TV and watch um, Cody Blick and Blaine Barber? Like, nah, it's, I mean, we would love it because those are the guys who are really working their asses off day in, day out. Not saying the guys on the PJ tour don't, but these guys are, you know, really just fighting 
for their careers, you know, fighting for their jobs. I mean, that you know, they they don't make that much out in the corn Ferry tour unless you're top, really top 20, 25. So it's, it's, it's a grind and it's, it's definitely fun to watch for us viewers who are, who love the game. Like we do. It's just, the stories are so good too. The Mexico opens in two weeks, but they're doing the Monday qualifier today in Texas. And there was a playoff for the last spot between Brian Davis, who's made over $20 million in his PGA tour career, not his PGA tour career, worldwide career. Excuse yeah. me. Brian Davis in a playoff with, um, I forgot the guy's name. It was like some guy here, Brian Davis and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has never played an event bigger than a city amateur championship. Like, that's just such a cool story. Like, it's just cool things to watch. And people who actually love the game of golf would love to watch that. So I wish the PGA Tour would do more for lower level tours and do more for Monday qualifiers. It would be awesome to watch Monday qualifiers. I mean, it's I got, they're grinding. This Monday Monday Q info, by the way, for our listeners, is one of the best follows on Twitter if you're on Twitter. Ruby, like, I just want I just want to point out, like, we could be watching that on golf channels on the middle of the day on a two on a Monday, as opposed to like fucking Faraday or school that, or golf or whatever replay, the fuck. replays of, of like tournaments from five years ago. Show me this. You uh, don't yeah. have that many cameras. It can't even cost that much money. Yeah, Plus, you know, yeah. NBC has plenty of money. You're telling me they can't fund that for the small group of people that want to watch that. Like that's what grows the game. Yeah. I don't understand when they're going to, when they're going to realize that, but yeah. Whatever, that's that's my rant on uh, lower level golf. No, I mean I completely hundred percent agree with you. I mean it's it would be so cool to watch. Like I said, I'm not. I think like who watches the school of golf shit and Faraday? I I stopped watching Faraday ten years ago. Like it's like it's terrible. Um, or big break. Like who wants to watch that shit, man? I mean I'd rather I'd like to watch Monday qualifiers. It's cool. I mean, like you said, you watch it on your laptop. It's like you watch. You watch the playoffs, um, the playoff holes in your laptop. It's, you know, but the, I mean, we're true golf fans and not everyone, unfortunately, pays attention to golf is. But um, yeah, but that's that's it pretty much for Harbortown, all I've got. Um, I mean, I, I had a great trip, had a lot of fun, definitely want to go back. Um, I will say this, <laughs> um, the course, walking it, phenomenal um just navigating through the whole property phenomenal um i like it probably as much as like being on the pj national property um it's just great but i still favorite event wise will always be the honda for me just less crowded you know it's a little more serene and you know you can kind of just mind your own business and it's just less loud i mean i don't know obviously the field is not as strong but it's i don't know I, I just felt like it's this event was at least thursday and friday morning was great but once saturday hit it was just it lit, i literally felt like i was at a college football game day or like a festival it just didn't really feel like golf to be honest and that's that's the problem with with golf tournaments is that that's what they've become you could you could blame COVID, you could blame the Latour, but I mean it's just people are attracted to the game now, and that's what it is. And you bring unusual, unreal fans to the game, not unreal, un unusual, not common golf fans. People are coming there to drink and they're coming there to have fun and they're coming there because it's a party. They want to scream when someone hits a good shot. And there's gotta be a way to balance that out while also respecting the game of golf, which is what you need to find. 
Would you, so if they did a survey, like a poll, would you be one? So it would be to enter a PGA tour event, you have to answer a certain amount of questions and basically take a trivia quiz to know your knowledge of the game. Would you, would you say, would you be for that? I certainly would. I think, I think they should do that on Thursday and Friday, but I think Saturday and Sunday, you shouldn't have to do that. I think you should give half of it to the real golf fans and half of it to the partiers. I like this better. How about like you get certain events, they do that. Like certain events, certain events, you everyone, but then certain events you have to take a quiz to show up. They should do like uh like qualifying rounds. You gotta shoot, <laughs> you gotta shoot a certain score to get in. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, uh, so what would some of the questions be? Are we doing like player trivia or what would it be about the tournament itself or uh you have to how about you have to know a certain amount of people in the field yeah they give you they give you three initials there's different levels there's like a player like john rom then you go middle tier like chad ramey and then you go like lower level like throw in like will gordon yeah no that's not even lower level like give me like um derek ernst like Chris Nagel or something like like way down there. Oh, I don't um, think Chris Nagel is playing any event. Rombo's playing in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but no, dude, I'd be all for that. I know you would. I know you would. Oh, that you know why I just mentioned Chris Nagel. This is also what I was going to mention because another Monday Q info tweet. He mentioned uh, Chris Nagel has his tour bag because he came from the Corn Ferry event and he asked the club that he's qualifying at and the qualifier for a caddy. And they don't have caddies. So he asked for a push cart. They had no push carts left because this guy doesn't want to walk around carrying his own staff bag. So then a member overheard him. So now he has a caddy who's the member and a push cart who's also the members. So it's it's just like the little cool things like that that are just cool about Monday qualifiers and lower level golf. But yeah. Hey, you don't get that. Especially especially when they keep elevating events and giving guys no chance to get in. So that's why I think we, we should start going to web uh, corn ferry events. It'd be great. Pretty much have the whole course to yourself. I mean. PJ Tour Canada corn ferry events would be great. Yeah. I Or even DP World Tour events. Or just like, no, I, I'd love to go. I'd love to go to the Barbasol or the Sanderson Farms. I'd love to go to Zurich this week. <laughs> yeah, you can go to the Zurich this week. I can't believe Cantlay and Shawfly. They're, gonna, they're playing again. Um, I talk- wish, see. I wish the Zurich wasn't a team event. If it if it weren't, I would probably go to that. I I definitely. You can't, you can't catch me going to New Orleans in April. TBC that's, Louisiana, man, sick place, sick course. I've heard great things. That's, that's worse weather than Florida. It's like a swamp. Yeah, doesn't look that great of a golf course. All I know about that golf course is Billy Horschel making a putt and flat pants and screaming really loudly. <laughs> but um. Why don't we talk that? Why don't we talk some some teams to watch? Why don't we talk? Uh, why don't yeah. we talk? It's that'll be fun. A dark horse team, a DFL team, a locked up ten team. Let's do it. Yeah, I think you told me John Daly and some other name is. Oh yeah, John Daly and Ke- um, David Duval are finishing last for sure. Yeah, that's. I mean, that you could put money on that. That's my know. DFL. I don't even know why uh, they. You know what? I'm. I'm not. I mean. I'm going to go on a hunch here, man. And I'm not going to say the Cantlay, Shoffley, or Morikawa Homa team or Horschel Burns team is going to win. I'm not take. we can't take those teams to win. Those teams are off limits for winning. 
Okay, so it can't be a big name team. Yeah, I'm going to win. I'm going Harris English, Tom Hoagie. That's a good one. Two guys yeah. I'm playing pretty solid golf. Yeah. Who's your lock top 10? Lock top 10 team. Hmm. You see Jimmy Walker's playing with DA points. That's hilarious. Um, I'm going Victor Perez, Thomas Dietrich. The field is huge. Yeah. Crazy. See, Gligic's playing. Who's he playing with? Taylor Pendrith. That's my DFL pick. All right. Um, uh, my dark horse dark horse team is gonna be um David Lingmurth, Jonas Blix. Oh, of course. Um did you pick a winner? Yeah, the English and Hoagie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that at all? You got them all covered? Yeah. Yeah. So my DFL is already Gligix team. Yeah. My um lock top ten team is going to be Steve Stricker and Zach Johnson. Going with the veterans. If you look okay. good, they pair like What about Thor Bjorn and Nikolai? I was looking at that too, but I, I'd like it for those Rasmus and not Nikolai. I don't really trust right. Nikolai. How about Kazire and Brendan Todd? No, not for me. Um Dark Horse. Uh, wait, was that my lock top ten? No, we need Dark Horse. JJ oh. Spawn, Hayden Buckley. I like that team. That is a great team, but let me let me let me find one here. Um Dark Horse team. Give me uh Give me Aaron Baddeley and Harrison Endicott. Aaron Baddeley always seems to play well in these weird events. Didn't he like play well in this like a couple of years ago or something? It was he, he wasn't playing with Endicott. He was playing with someone else, and I feel like he played well. I forget. I don't know <laughs> if he. I don't know if it was him in that playoff when Kisner chipped in. I don't really remember. But and my winning team that's not one of the big names. Um. Keith Mitchell, Sungjae. No, give me Troy Merritt and Robert Streb. Wow, don't know, don't know why. Feeling good there. All right. Yeah. Not a bad team. I mean, it's a week where just anything could happen because it's a it's a team. Like guys, it doesn't matter how good they are; they got to feed off of each other. I'll t- we'll just we'll go through teams that have no chance. How do you think? How do you think uh, the Fitzpatrick brothers fare? I mean, they got a lot of chemistry. <laughs> yeah, imagine that would be cool if they can. Um, so, but I don't know. Um, let's see, Kevin Roy, Brent Grant, Kevin Roy, back nine bros legend. But I don't if know. You a, if you show me a picture of Brent Grant, I wouldn't even know who the hell that is. Callum, yeah. Callum Shinquin and Matt Wallace have no chance. How about Chad Collins and DJ? How about Chad that team? DJ Tran, like throw it back to two thousand nine with that. Wow. Team. <laughs> Um, Cameron Percy, Greg Chalmers, a couple Aussies. Also, throw it back to 2009. Wesley and Grayson have no chance. That's not one, that's a one of the last place finishers. Same with Ogilvy and well. Kevin Sadler. Play well. Will Gordon and Davis Thompson are the same person, they're like literally the same. Oh, and you know, another sleeper team, Ryan Gerard and Ben Griffin. Yeah, Ben Griffin that's- coming off a great week. Ryan Gerard's a, a young, great player. Is going to be good on tour. I think oh. you could. 
I want to say Akshay if he was playing with someone else. I don't really trust that team with Harry Hall. How about this team, Wyndham Clark and Bo Hostler? Ooh. Yeah, Bo's playing well. Wyndham Clark's playing great golf. That's another sleeper team. Um, and then you got – I like this team, Tyler Duncan and Hank Labiota. Tyler Duncan's playing great golf. That's I true. also like Kurt Kitayama and Taylor Montgomery. That's a great team. Jonathan Bird and Bill Haas, the two bald guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Robert Garrigus and Derek Ernst. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Trevor Cohn, Andrew Novak. How about Chris Stroud making an appearance this week, huh? That's unfortunate. Eric Cole. Eric Cole and Sam Saunders. They could play well. That is a sleeper right there. Those guys have been best friends forever. Eric Cole is a great player. That's a that's a sleeper team. All right. I'm switching my dark horse to that team. Okay. <clears throat> How about Chesson and Ben Martin? That's a sleeper pick. That's a sleeper team, too. I feel like we're just naming the whole field, but I'm going to throw one more out there. Scott Piercy and Ryan Palmer. Ryan Palmer loves these kind of events. That's he does. Cool. He's had success. Yeah, he's just a he's a lower-level lower event god. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Walker and DA points, hate to say it, but I don't think that's going to do it. Um, LD and Dodo Molinari, not going to do it either. Um, how about Smotherman? Great, pretty good week last week. Smotherman, who's he playing with? Harry Higgs. Yeah, maybe. I don't trust that. Or, well, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to watching it. I I won't watch. I don't think I'll watch four rounds of that. But I think yeah. I'll watch the weekend of it. I like I like watching that kind of stuff. It's fun to get a break from the elevated big name players and see some. I, I just some... wish it wasn't team. I wish it was like I... how it used to be. No, I think we need one team event a year. I like it. And I'd like to see some of the guys that are sponsors exemptions or not full tour members. I'd like to see them play well because those are great stories if one of those guys can win. How about C. Wu and Tom Kim? That is a great team, but I don't want to see that team win. My, Heath my, goal, and Justin my goal is to stick with my theme of this episode and to have a uh, a lower level guy win. Lower level guys. No, I mean, no, yeah, very possible. No shawf no like Cantley. Don't don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, isn't Keith isn't Keith Mitchell playing with Sung Jay? Yeah. I yeah, it's a great, great team. Yeah, it's a great team. But I don't know if they have any chemistry there. <laughs> yeah. Um Fratelli and Matthias Schmid. Fratelli's been just god awful. So Yeah, that could be a rough team. That could be a rough team. Stung y'all know and Michael Kim could be a rough team. But we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's definitely one of those events where anyone can win at random. So um I'll try and watch a little bit of it. Um Drewby, you said you're gonna watch, right? A little. I'll watch the weekend, of course. I love Drewby's, it. Love... Drewby's got his uh big game tonight. He's got Florida Panthers game one against the Bruins. So he's he's already getting his uh his palm trees together so it's i mean you, what do you what, what do you got you got what's your your superstitious guy i know you are what do you turn it up the volume to a certain level what's what's your <laughs> it's funny you say that actually I, I, the panthers won what seven games in a row 
and I watched every single game to end the year on level 24 of volume. <laughs> you, I know it. I know it. I know it. <laughs> uh, uh, 24 for Kobe because I love Kobe. But so are you I, doing it tonight? I They lost the last game I did it. Oh, no, yeah. No, the last game they lost to Toronto, and that was an overtime loss. So I was like, okay, they got a point. I'll stick with it. And then they lost to Carolina. So I think I'm going to I'm going to switch to a different different volume level tonight. But maybe maybe you put 16 for Barkov. I, I won't be able to hear the TV, but I, I think I think I'm going to need a little bit more than volume level for the Panthers to pull this off tonight. So. All right. All right. So let me let me hear you. Let, let, let me hear this. So. Would you rather the Panthers win the cup or the Jets get Aaron Rodgers? The Jets are already getting Aaron Rodgers, like, but for sure, I, that's that's not a hypothetical. No. Well, you or else the Panthers win the cup and you don't get Aaron Rodgers, or you get Aaron Rodgers and they don't win the cup. I, I need Aaron Rodgers. The Jets are always my number one team. Wow! Panthers. Wow! You, that is unbelievable. If you could offer me a Jets Super Bowl or a Panthers Stanley Cup, I'd take the Jets Super Bowl. I know, but that's not even guaranteeing you a Super Bowl, Rodgers. I mean, it's guaranteeing you playoffs, but Listen, the best quarterback I've had in my whole lifetime is like Chad Pennington, probably Mark Sanchez. So Mark one Sanchez year wonder, back to back AFC championship, fumbling into the ass. It's about it's about time that I get a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, all right. Wow. I didn't I didn't I honestly didn't think you were gonna take that, but all right, wow, that was a big pick right there. All right, we'll see what happens. You'll you'll find out. Are the Panthers gonna be around next week? Or will Drew be in despair? Stay tuned to find out. That's gonna do it for us. Uh try and catch the Zurich if you can. Should be a pretty good showdown on the weekend. Um definitely got some big names, probably one of those three teams we first mentioned will come out on top, but you never know. So stay tuned and we'll see you next week.